PetitCaviar.com, treat yourself to a tasting at home. Introducing Petite Caviar 101, caviar, truffles, and more. Providing the world's best caviar for over 30 years. Sustainable caviar, seasonal delights, boutique grocery. Family owned and operated, provide proud to supply the highest quality caviar available for over 30 years. 100% sustainable caviar, such as Israeli Ostra, Belgian Ostra, Idaho White Sturgeon, Siberian Sturgeon, Paddlefish, or Ikea. National overweight overnight shipping, guaranteed national next day overnight shipping, Tuesday through Saturday, same day local pickup, local pickup and curbside for Seattle, ready for within two hours, Monday through Saturday, next day local delivery, guaranteed next day local delivery for Seattle, Monday through Friday, Shop grocery for such items like Bellwether Farms Cream Fresh, Betsy's Blink, Gluten-Free Betsy's Blink, Black Truffle Butter, White Truffle Oil, La Brujilla Yellowfin Fina yellow Belly in Olive Oil, Trussell's Original Spice Blend, Truffle Salt, Hosting and Wares, Mother of Pearl Caviar Spoon, Mother of Pearl Spoon with Blue Handle, Great Barrier Reef Petite Spoon with Pointed Tip. Round Mother of Pearl Palette Caviar Presentoir with Sterling Band. Petite Mother of Pearl Caviar Spoon. St. Hilary Modern Caviar Presentoir. Fruxis Saturn Silver Pellet Caviar Cup. Homemade recipes and more like Mink Potato. Roasty with Caviar and Cream Fresh. Devil quail eggs with caviar, blink with buckwheat. Bartleby.com, an easier way to study hard. Ask a question. You have homework questions and Bartleby subject matter experts have answers. Ask away. Most questions are answered in as fast as 30 minutes and you'll be notified by email when your answer is ready. Find a solution. Proofread your paper. Bartleby experts will look over your paper with her advanced grammar and spell checkers. Bartleby Learn access step-by-step -step solutions to millions of textbook problems. A searchable database of solutions to homework questions and subject matter experts on standby 24-7 when you're stuck. Bartleby Write. Write better right now. Scan for accidental plagiarism, check spelling and grammar, and formal citations correctly so you can spend less time writing and get the grade you want. Bartleby Tutor 24-7 online tutoring service gives you Bartleby's personalized instruction how you want and the flexibility you demand. With convenient options you can find the best fit for your lifestyle and study habits. Bartleby Learn. Search, solve, succeed. Study smarter with access to millions of step-by-step textbook solutions and a uh, searchable digital database of homework solutions and subject matter experts on standby 24-7 to provide homework help when you need it. Subscribe and your first week is $4.99 after first week subscription auto news monthly to To $9.99 USD or the then monthly current fee, cancel anytime. 
winning lineup of student tools, textbook solutions, millions of step-by-step -step solutions with thousands added daily in 30 subjects, expert Q&A, Ask Bartleby's experts your most troublesome homework or study questions anytime and receive a detailed solution in as fast as 30 minutes. 24-7 homework help. Bartleby's subject matter experts, many with advanced degrees, are always on standby to ease your concerns and get you back on track. Solution database. Homework solutions are easily searchable and constantly updated. Quickly find what you need, save it for later, and access it from a mobile device. Try it today. Study on the go. Problems solved. Maximize your study time and get homework help anytime, anywhere with the Bartleby app. Ask or snap a question, a homework question. Search textbook solutions and get answer notifications right from your device. Download it on the App Store or Google Play. Bartleby Write. Compose with confidence. Quit starting at a blinding cursor. Oh, quit staring at a blank, blinking cursor. Easier essay composition is right here with your new favorite plagiarism and grammar checker. Their all-in-one's writing help tool is designed to reduce mistakes, improve writing habits, and transform okay messages into stellar ones so you can submit your paper with confidence all for only $9.99 a month. Try Bartleby Write. 24-7 Personal Writing Tour. Plagiarism Checker. Bartleby will help you catch missing citations, accidental copy text, and other mistakes giving you supreme confidence in your original work. Grammar and Spell Checker. Author your own success story with writing help to eliminate mistakes. Early scoring. Bartleby's advanced algorithm scans your paper and compares to thousands of similar papers to produce a score before you turn it in. Citation assistance, whether it's MLA, MLA grammar, checks, or APA assistance, citing a source in a cinch. Try it today. Bartleby Tutor, one-on-one -on -one tutoring on your schedule, whether it's a one-time question or a homework problem that needs a private study session solution, Bartleby's got you. Their team of live tutors are available 24-7. Get started today with a free 15-minute session on them. Find a tutor. Get a tutor on your computer. All tutoring sessions occur in real time via messaging or audio for easy collaboration on homework and help, textbook solutions, and more. 24-7 availability. Tutors are on demand day or night and can accommodate your school and life balance. When you're ready to study, so is Bartleby. Flexible options. Don't pay for tutoring time you won't but use by 30, 60, 120 minute increments. Whichever best fits your needs. Didn't use all your minutes? You roll them over to another session. Many subjects. Students are available in over 20 subjects. Bartleby experts will help make sense of the toughest concepts in engineering, math, physics, business, and more. Find a tutor. Ready to get started. Sign up for 24-7 homework help now. Here is part two of U.S. President number 21, Chester A. Arthur, starting with the election of 1880. Conkling and his fellow stalwarts, including Arthur, wished to follow up their 1870 success at the 1880 Republican National Convention by securing the nomination for their rally for their rally ex-President Grant. Their opponents in the Republican Party, known as half-breeds, concentrated their efforts on James G. Blaine, a senator from Maine who was more amenable to civil service reform Neither candidate commanded the majority <coughs> of, dele <coughs> of delegates and deadlocked after 36 ballots. 
the convention turned a dark horse, turned to a dark horse, James A. Garfield, an Ohio Congressman and Civil War general who was neither stalwart nor half-breed. Garfield and his supporters knew they would face a difficult election without the support of the New York stalwarts and decided to offer one of them the vice presidential nomination. Levi P. Morton, the first choice of Garfield supporters, con consulted with Conkling, who advised him to decline, which he did. The next approached Arthur. They next approached Arthur and Conkling advised him to also reject the nomination, believing the public would lose. Arthur thought otherwise and accepted. <coughs> According to a purported eyewitness account by journalist William C. Hudson, Conkling and Arthur argued with Arthur telling Conkling, "The office of the vice president is a greater honor than I ever dreamed of attaining." Conkling eventually relented and campaigned for the ticket. As expected, the, nom the election was close. The Democratic nominee, Jennifer Wilfels Hancock, was popular and, having avoided taking definitive positions on most issues of the day, he had not re offended any popular constituencies, as Republicans had done since the end of the world of the Civil War. Garfield and Arthur initially focused their campaign on the bloody shirt, the idea that returning Democrats to office would undo the victory of the Civil War and reward secessionists. 1880 electoral results. Within, within, with the war 15 years in the past and Union generals at the head of both tickets, the tactic was less effective than the Republicans hoped. Relying on this, they adjusted their approach to claim that Democrats would lower the country's protective tariff, which would allow cheaper manufactured goods to be imported from Europe and thereby put thousands of out of work. This argument struck home in the swing states of New York and Indiana where many were employed in manufacturing. Hancock did not did not help his own cause when in an attempt to remain neutral on the tariff he said the tariff question is a local question which only made him appear uninformed about an unimport an important issue. Candidates for high office did not personally campaign in those days but as state Republican chairman. Arthur played a part in the campaign in a usual fashion, overseeing the effort of, in New York and raising money. The funds were crucial in the close election, and winning his home state in New York was critical. The Republicans carried New York by 20,000 votes, and in an election with the largest turnout of qualified voters ever recorded, 78.4%, they won the nationwide popular vote by just 7,018 votes. The Electoral College result was more decisive, 214 to 155, and Garfield, and Garf Garfield and Arthur were re-elected, and Garfield and Arthur were elected. Vice Presidency After the election, Arthur worked in vain to persuade Garfield to fill certain positions with his fellow New York stalwarts, especially that of the Secretary of the Treasury. The stalwart machine received a further rebuke when Garfield appointed Blaine Conklin's arch enemy as Secretary of State. The running mates were never close. Detached as Garfield continued to freeze out the stalwarts from his patronage. Arthur's status in the administration diminished when, a month before Inauguration Day, he gave a speech before supporters suggesting the election in Indiana, a swing state, had been won by Republicans through illegal machinations. Garfield ultimately appointed a stalwart, Thomas Lemuel James, to be Postmaster General, but the cabinet fight and Arthur's ill considered speech let the President and Vice President clearly estranged when they took office on March 4, 1881. The Senate in the 47th United States Congress was divided among 34, 37 Republicans, 37 Democrats, and one independent, David Davis. 
who caucused with the Democrats, one readjuster, William Mahone, and four vacancies. Immediately, the Democrats attempted to organize the Senate, knowing that the vacancy would soon be filled by Republicans. As Vice President Arthur cast tiebreaker votes in favor of the Republicans when Mahone opted to join their caucus. Even so, the Senate remained deadlocked for two months over Garfield's nomination because of Congress' opposition to one of them. Just before going into recession, May. <coughs> Just before going into recess in May 1881, the system became more complicated when Conkling and the other senator from New York, Thomas C. Platt, resigned in protest of Garfield's continued opposition to their faction. With the Senate in, re- with the Senate in recess, Arthur had no duties in Washington and returned to New York City. Once there, he traveled with Conklin to Albany, where the former Senator hoped for a quick re-election to the Senate and with it a defeat for the Garfield administration. The Republican majority in the state legislature was divided on the question to Conklin and Platt's surprise and an intense campaign in the state house ensued. While in Albany on July 2nd, Arthur learned that Garfield had been shot. The assassin Charles J. Guiteau was a deranged office seeker who believed that Garfield's successor would appoint him to a patronage job. He proclaimed to onlookers, I am a stalwart and Arthur will be president. Guiteau was found to be mentally unstable and despite his claims to be a stalwart supporter of Arthur, they had only a tenuous connection that dated from the 1880 campaign. 29 days late before his execution, before shooting Garfield, Gitto composed a lengthy unblotted poem claiming that Arthur knew the assassination had saved their land. The United States, Gitto's opponent also states he had incorrectly presumed that Arthur would pardon him for the assassination. More troubling was the lack of legal guidance on the presidential succession as Garfield lingered near death. No one was sure who, if anyone, would exercise presidential authority. Also, after Conklin's resignation, the Senate had adjourned without electing a president to pro tempore, who would normally follow Arthur in the succession. Arthur was reluctant to be seen acting as a president while Garfield lived. And as for the next few, next two months, there was a void of authority in the executive office, with Garfield too weak to carry out his duties, and Arthur reluctant to resume them. Through the summer, Arthur refused to travel to Washington and was at his Lexington Avenue home when, on the night of September 19th, he learned that Garfield had died. Judge John R. Brady of the New York Supreme Court administered the oath of office in Arthur's home at 2.15 a.m. on September 20th. Later that day, he took a, a train to Long Branch to pay his respects to Garfield and to leave a, a card of sympathy for his wife, afterwards returning to New York City. On September 21st, he returned to Longbridge to take part in Garfield's funeral and then joined the funeral train to Washington. Before leaving New York, he ensued the presidential line of succession by preparing a mailing to the White House of a proclamation calling for a Senate special session. This step ensured that the Senate had legal authority to convene immediately and choose a Senate president pro tempore who would be able to assume the president of Arthur died. Once in Washington, destroyed the mail proclamation and issued a formal call for, for a special session. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for part three of U.S. President number 21, Chester A. Arthur. I hope you stay safe during this pro- coronavirus pandemic that extends to 2021. As we look forward to a normalcy now that the vaccine's out and we 
can live a life free of masks. I hope you have a good week. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye.